Welcome to Transforming Experiences in Customer Success, formerly Strike Deck Radio. This is a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Medallia and the Success League. Medallia's customer success automation platform helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Success League is a consulting and training firm focused on developing customer success programs that drive revenue. My name is Kristen Heyer, and I'm the host of Transforming Experiences and Customer Success and the founder and CEO of the Success League. And today, I'm joined by Teo Stadler. He is the Senior Director of Customer Success at Personify. Teo has developed a report that essentially gives specific aspects of product utilization a score. And they call this the Fuga Report, which I'll let him explain in a minute. Um, Teo is here to share more about why he developed this report, how he approached that project, and the results that his team has been able to achieve with it. So, Teo, welcome to the podcast. Uh, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, before we dive into our main topic today, can you share your career path with the audience? How did you land in customer success? Uh, yeah, um, kind of a circuitous route, but I think <laughs> probably one that's a bit familiar. I was a customer of the company I went to work for. Okay. Uh, so our, our primary client base is uh, associations, um, which are broken into kind of two main categories, trade associations and professional societies. I happen to work at a chamber of commerce, which is a trade association for local businesses. Um, I had realized that we needed a system to manage all of our members and information, and I had been piecing it together. So I did a search. I found a product. I, you know, it's a a subscription-based software, so I I bought a subscription to the software. And when I left that organization, the chamber, um, I got recruited by the company. So I went to work for them uh, as a salesperson. Did okay. that for nine years. Uh, and I always, because I was a client, I always sold from the approach of, I can help make you a better chamber of commerce through this software. So I kind of had a customer success approach okay. to how I did sales. Yeah, that's very consultative. Uh-huh. And it was the only way I knew how to do it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, you know, I, I had sales training, but it never really stuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just kind of needed to take this consultative approach. And so when my company decided, hey, we actually need to focus on the the real you know, outcomes of our clients. So we spun up a customer success department and I was asked to lead that. So I, I took that job and started building programs and initiatives. And then, then I was able to add some staff and then we got acquired and I did the same thing. And you know, it just kind of developed from there. But essentially, I came through it as a customer. That's very cool. Um, tell me a little bit more about Personify. What does your company do and how do you have your CS team set up today? Yeah, so uh, the company I was with originally got bought and we joined a bigger family. That, that company was called MemberClicks. And then MemberClicks got bought and we joined an even bigger family and that's Personify. Um, but we kept all the products um, through those acquisitions. So really okay. we're kind of looked at as a platform of solutions to this same um, client base, which is associations, but it's expanded a little bit. It is still trade associations where the organization is a member and professional societies where the individual is a member. But Personify had products in the um, 
in their arsenal as well that focus more on like community clubs and smaller nonprofits and things. So it's, it's kind of the same client base. Uh, altogether, we have a little over a dozen products now. We have what I would call our core products, which serve associations of various sizes and formats. And then we have other products that um, integrate with those core products. And so we really do have like a, a big suite of solutions. Um, all told, we have literally um, millions of people around the country that interact with our clients' software on okay. a daily basis, like from their website for, you know, their members or clients are logging in. Um, so it's it's a very big reach, uh, but really the same family of, of product lines. So it's been a fun journey for me, even through these acquisitions that just kind of got bigger and bigger and better and better. How big is the team today? Uh, well, Team-wise, we have about 350 staff, I would oh, say, okay. spread around cool. the country. Yeah. Great. Well, so as we were talking ahead of this interview, you mentioned that a particular group of your customers um, that you were focused on for this particular project was trade associations. Mm -hmm. And that's your sweet spot, of course. Um, so just so the audience has a little context, can you describe a trade association and some of the objectives that they have? Yeah, for sure. So trade associations are they're 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 nonprofits, but they're not obviously there to not make a profit. They're businesses that have a five hundred one c six designation, just in terms of the IRS. Okay. And they they sell memberships into the organization. Their, their primary benefit that they provide is like advocacy or peer to peer connections, um, you know, industry advancement, etc. Uh, but the the main attribute to them is that their members are businesses. So if you think about like California. Um, uh, banking associations or oil marketers association, which mm -hmm. are, you know, gas stations, um, you know, any sort of business category generally will have a trade association uh, represented, representing okay. it. And you can have them at the local, regional, state and national level. Okay. Um, so those are our clients. Their staffs are there to support the businesses that are members of theirs. And, and so our tools help them manage that entire endeavor. What are some of the objectives that a um, association might have um, in terms of how they work with you? Yeah, with with us, we're we're the tools that they use to manage their day to day. They they are always trying to do a, a bit of the same thing, regardless of what industry they serve. And okay. that's kind of the 80-20 rule, right? They're always doing about 80% of the same stuff. And then the 20% is kind of what makes them unique as an organization. But overall, they're always trying to acquire new members. Okay. Once they acquire them, they want to engage them so okay. that the member has, sees the value in, in being a member. It's an optional thing, right? Mm -hmm. Then they want to retain those members, meaning get them to renew year after year. Yep. Um, and they want to be efficient about it. So operational efficiency. Those are the main buckets that I would say all the tools and features that our software does for them. It's really a means to those ends. It's one of those four things you could say that they're trying to accomplish. Okay, that makes sense. So tell me, why did you decide to create a report to measure product utilization? What were you hoping to achieve? 
Uh, yeah, it's funny because uh, when we when I first took the role uh, and you know building this customer success environment, technically my title then was customer experience director. Okay. Um, we always had an assumption that our clients were utilizing the features that were seen as like the most valuable or the coolest. They were almost okay. like the differentiators that our sales team would focus on when we were competing for new business with other products in the same kind of family. Yeah. Right. But when we started looking at it, we realized that, wow, it's actually not as adopted uh, as we thought it was. Okay. <laughs> and we had the benefit of being able to survey this. You know, some products don't lend themselves to that. Uh, right. This particular product line, we could, I could run a report and see whether or not, you know, any client had utilized particular things. And so that was the internal conversation of like, wow, we have a really high retention rate despite the fact that a lot of our clients are, aren't utilizing what we think are the main features, right? Okay. So we felt like if we could put that information in front of them in a digestible format, it would not only just reinforce why they had chosen the product in the first place, but would help them realize more value in the product itself. And so okay. that's that was the the genesis of it is that we realized like, hey, there's some valuable information that people are either, or, or even not just the information, but the tools themselves that, mm -hmm. you know, in the sales process, they're all excited about and maybe they forgot to turn them on. Maybe they didn't really understand after implementation, you know, how to use them. Whatever the reason, we wanted to make sure that they were fully aware of what was available to them and the product. Okay. Um so how did you go about building the score? How, how did you decide on parameters? And mm -hmm. were there any other teams that you needed to involve in the project? Yeah, so that was kind of the fun part of the process, really, is that I, as a former customer, you know, I, I think I could have, I would have told you, like, I know exactly what people <laughs> want to use my software for. Right? Yeah. But I luckily was smart enough that I, I had an advisory board of clients that I was already kind of managing that was yeah. one of my projects. And so I put it in front of them and I, I knew those buckets that acquire members, engage members, retain yeah. members, etc. And so I essentially surveyed them and I said, hey, okay, look at you guys are all power users of our product. Um, I would like you to tell me when you're trying to engage your members, which of our features do you feel help you in that? And I gave them a list of multiple choice, but I also allowed them to, you know, write their own answers in. Yeah. And then same question, when you want to acquire new members, which of our features are the most helpful? And I had them go through this for all four, and then I essentially consolidated the results. And with that, it wasn't me telling them what was important. Yeah. I was able to rephrase it and say, hey, our clients tell us that when they're doing these meaningful things that really all of you are doing in one way or another, these are the features that they find to be most helpful in that. Yeah. So I took the survey results and those are the features that I focused on in the kind of the query that I would do against okay. all my client systems. And then it was just a matter of putting it into a digestible format, you know, something that with pretty colors and obvious yeah. text. It wasn't like a, a real heavy read. Uh, you know, it, it had to be obvious. And I just went from there. I let them kind of drive the show. Now, you know, it's SaaS software, so it's always getting better. And we've we've modified it and edited it and taken some things off of features that we've decided aren't as valuable anymore and added new yeah. ones. But essentially, it's the same thing. It came from 
asking my clients what they felt was the most valuable and then just sharing that message uh, with other clients. So as a former client, were there any surprises? Were there things that you thought were going to be really popular that weren't? Yeah. You know, I've always said like I have a love affair with our software because oh. I came up as, you know, and, and it's not just the one product line that I was on. I, I really do enjoy all of them. Um, and so you definitely kind of assume or, or you enjoy particular features, but I, I try to to not let my own personal opinion get into it. But there were surprises. There were things that I thought would be, you know, game changers. And they were like, you know, in practice, it just doesn't help that much. And yeah. you kind of have to be willing to to let that go. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, as we were talking about this report before the show today, you mentioned that it really helps to connect the dots for customers. It helps your CSMs be able to do that. Tell me what you mean by that. Yeah, so one of the, um, you know, I have a, I have several CSM teams. I basically organize my customer success uh, management program uh, along the various product lines, the core uh-huh. product lines. So okay. I have you know, two to three to four people on each product line. And, and they, of course, are always trying to proactively engage with our clients and, and bring meaningful information to them. You know, I don't want it to just be reactive. Let me escalate something for you or do a quarterly business review. I, I definitely want them to have conversation starters so yeah. that they can have more meaningful conversations. And so what we do in terms of connecting the dots, like sometimes, you know, you know, it's time to reach out to a customer, but you don't necessarily have something to talk to them about. And you don't want it to seem like, Hey, I'm calling you just because it's, you know, you know, it's three weeks since I called you last time. Right. Uh, <laughs> those so are the, the worst calls. Oh, okay. no yeah, one and, should and do those calls. No, no, and that's kind of you know definitely something that yeah. you know I I can understand and relate to. So I try to give the team as many you know avenues towards a good conversation as possible. That's great. And what this does is we 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 have a soft approach with it. Like it, we have the benefit that the team member, the CSM, can run this report in this particular client base um, at the click of a button. And it just runs it, spits it out, and then they have it. And what we do is we kind of qualify it. We say, hey, look, let's go through this. And you may decide that some of these features just do not relate. And that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. We just want you to know about it. And when we go through the report, like it kind of says, you know, like one of them is called automatic recurring billing. You know how when you don't cut a check to Netflix, right? You just have them deduct the monthly payment from your credit card. That's the same thing that the, the tool does. But surprisingly, not a lot of clients have added that. And so we we identify the feature and we have a yes, no, or needs improvement score for whether or not they're using it. Okay. And then on the back of the report, it basically has a little why statement. What is this feature and why would I want to use it? And so we're, we're able to basically have educational conversations and the, the CSM can really just run through this and A, congratulate the clients on all the stuff they are using yeah. because they're always doing stuff and you want them to feel good about their use of the product. Right. But then we say, okay, there's a couple things where it says you're not using it. Let's talk about them. If you don't want to use it, that's fine. But there's probably going to be one or two things here that even if, uh, if, if it's not like for the bigger picture stuff, like acquiring or engaging your members, just making you more efficient with the product, that's a win too. And so it almost like covers the bases that no matter what, just talking about this information will lead to the customer feeling like I'm in a better place because I had that conversation. Yeah, that's It may not great. be monumental, but it's going to be at the very least incremental. Yeah. 
Wonderful. Well, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, but we'll be right back. If you like Strike Deck Radio, I'd like to introduce you to my new podcast, Reading for Success. Reading for Success is a short weekly podcast where I review books and articles on customer success leadership, break them down for you, and help you figure out whether or not they are worth your time. We will also be featuring author interviews from time to time. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many of the other podcast platforms. I hope you'll join me for Reading for Success. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I love data. If you want to create a data-driven customer success program, StrikeDeck's Pro Guide to Customer Success is a report based on a preliminary study of 5,600 CS professionals from nearly 600 companies. It highlights the scope of customer success and offers valuable data points to help CS professionals enhance their initiatives. Get access to it now and let data drive your decision making. We'll add the link in the description of this podcast. And now back to today's episode. Um, so Taya, what results have you seen from your FUGA report so far? And can you tell us what FUGA means? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so that that's you know a little bit fun. As I was running this report for the very first time, uh -huh. you know, it was a spreadsheet. I wasn't really thinking down the road, and so I just labeled the file feature utilization gap analysis. <laughs> that's literally just what I call the file. And then okay. from there, as I was sharing it and having conversations with our senior leadership, and you know, we just started an acronym for it, FUGA. And then, you know, it kind of got some legs and we had our users conference coming up and I kept saying like, hey, if you got a better name for it, let me know. And, and no one really did. And so <laughs> we went to the users conference and we were going to do a thing called the, the, the Fuga Room. We wanted everyone to have the benefit of going through this exercise. You yeah. Know, hundreds upon hundreds of clients. And at that point, it was really just a one person team. I hadn't hired staff yet. And so we couldn't really do it all one to one. So we said, let's, let's bring them all in. Let's just have their reports waiting for them. Uh, and then we can go through it as a group. And then that way, the kind of the group buy in, if everyone else in the room is already using a feature, the client may not be so resistant to change. They may right. say, hey, what do all these people know that I don't? I should get on board. And, and so that it's almost like the more customer testimonials you have, you know, people yeah. start to see themselves in those other customers. And so basically, I didn't want to have a room at a user's conference that was the Fuga room. We said, how about Fuga Shack? And I think Love Shack from the B-52s came up. And we just ended up turning it into like a tiki bar theme when I wore a, I love kind of it. a ridiculous flamingo uh, themed suit. And we had, you know, virgin like daiquiris and stuff like that. And so we just tried to make it fun because it's obviously somewhat of a dry topic. And Fuga just stuck. Fuga Shack. Fuga, uh, Fuga sounds like some sort of fish that you would have. That... Yeah, there probably is a very yeah. high priced sushi meal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so tell me, what do you plan for other customer segments or product lines? Will you be able to replicate the success that you've had with this report with other products? Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways, we can directly replicate it. Um, okay. You know, I, I, software, you know, every every kind of software application is, is built a little bit differently. We also have product lines where we can't really survey the entire product set. 
Um, and so what I've essentially done in those scenarios is, is created a, a fairly quick process, but it is a manual process where the CSM just does a, a visual or manual assessment of the client system. It's okay. still the same approach. We really did survey our clients to find out what are the more meaningful areas of the system. Mm-hmm. And even though it's manual, they can still pretty quickly create this report. And again, it's just a really great conversation starter. We sometimes have clients ask us, and this is, you know, you always want this, right? When they say, hey, I'm concerned I'm not utilizing the system you give me to its fullest extent. Could you give me some insights or recommendations? And we're like, heck yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas others, you're bringing it it to them. I know. I know that's like uh, when your kids ask you if there's any more chores they can do around the house. Uh, and so we've replicated it. It's not always the same, but the outcome is kind of the same. And, and okay. it really is important for all of my CSMs, regardless of what product line or what the client base is like, to have these kind of go-to quick wins of conversations where we're basically just telling the client like, hey, I see a lot of value that's, as of right now, untapped. And yeah. let me walk you through it so that you too can you know, realize more value from the system. So, you know, one thing I'm thinking about as you're describing that is that it would be helpful for each of the CSMs to have sort of some customer stories to go along with those use cases um, to share with the clients so that they can kind of start to envision how they would use it. Do you, how do you pass the customer stories from CSM to CSM? Uh, you know, it's in, we, we of course have weekly team meetings, right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time, I didn't necessarily have like a repeating agenda set on those, but, um, honestly in the last few months, our team has grown fairly large with the multiple product lines and, you know, growing and and adding. So I've, I've created team leads in all the areas. So that kind of helps with that, but we also have kind of just recurring meetings. And one of them is about, uh, we do the red review, right? So the clients that our system tells us is are, are in a red state. We want to okay. obviously talk about those as a team. Um, we do other things uh, like we strike deck tips and tricks. Um, the third, what's the third one? Uh, I should know this. Uh, but then the fourth <laughs> one is wins, where we literally just spend the day or the, the meeting, I should say, sharing wins. And, you know, a lot of times it's the team uh, kind of, thanking the their their teammates for things but really the 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 gist of it is that I want to hear the client wins the aha moments where a CSM was working with the client and they had a great win and so let's talk about that and it might be that you know the, another CSM has a comparable situation and they can learn from what the 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 other person did or maybe it's even like hey you know, do you think your client would be willing to talk to my client? Yeah. Um, we do a lot of that. Uh, one of the nice things about our client base and associations is they don't, they don't really compete with each other. Right. And so that's, that's a win for us and that we can very frequently connect them to each other and then they can share their own best practices and they don't feel like they're giving away anything that they wouldn't want to give away. It's just knowledge transfer. And so by, by kind of creating space in our, cadences uh you know in our team meetings to to share these it really does help you know the the information spread that's great um okay so if one of our audience members is out there and they're listening to this and they're like oh wow i want to create a report like that what advice would you give them what has worked and not worked for you 
So I think starting from customer input would be huge okay? Uh, because it, it really does uh, make it much more impactful if you present the information of like, this is what our customers tell us. You yeah. Know, we, we built the thing, but they're telling us it's super valuable. So, and you, and you probably will get surprised at something yeah. not being seen as valuable and others being, you know, the big winner. So I would say definitely start with that, but you know, you, it's kind of like attachment parenting. You want to give them answers that you're okay with. So multiple choice. Yeah. Like, hey, in these primary initiatives, which of these things, uh, benefit you the most and then of course right write in your own answers if you have some yep so i would say start with that and you know not everyone's in the same situation if you have a product line where you can easily scan all the clients and and gauge you know their um where they're at with these particular items you're in a great spot because my first version of this was a big spreadsheet that I did a massive mail merge into like a prettier version of it through word. It was so manual. And I actually have this picture of uh, the first time I did it, like spread out all over my dining room table. I paid my kids to like help collate everything. (laughs) It was, it was very manual, but then we were able to build it into the system, you know, because of the reporting engine in the system, but that's not always doable. And I would say, even if your system or whatever it is that you're providing clients, if, if you don't have an automated, automated way to do it, I'd still encourage you to try and find something like this that will basically resonate with every client you know, in a yeah. soft way, like we talked about, and just figure out a way to do it, even if it's manual, quickly, you know, create yeah. a template, create a fairly quick process for your CSMs to do it. So if they're doing it the same way every time, they'll get faster at it. And as long as the end result is the same, you know, digestible, valuable information and a great conversation starter for the CSM, it's probably worth whatever time it took to actually create it. Yeah, I love that you took a scrappy approach and just did it. Um, I also like your child labor approach. Yeah, they're just... <laughs> the, the kids. Well, they're not asking me for what chores for they can do, yeah. so I put them to work. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> I actually have have had my daughter interning for us for a few summers, and it's been really there good for go. her. She's learned how to enter stuff in Salesforce. And so she's eight years old, right? No, no, actually, she's <laughs> she's now seventeen. So she she did oh, about okay. like she's old enough to type and and yeah, get stuff legal. in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so last question. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success today and why? Oh, boy. Um, there's so many. Uh, you know, like the big picture ones, whether or not your CSMs focus on revenue or just retention, you know, I don't I don't know that there's one answer for that. I've done both. I've got teams that, you know, on both sides of the fence there. Yeah. Um, I say the biggest trend is... <sighs> Getting systems in place and sticking with them. I mean, no matter what you're doing, uh, you're going to be better off if you've got systems in place, whether that's, you know, customer success software or just a bit more formality in what you're asking your CSMs to do. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like we talked about, you know, if the cadence for them to reach out is pretty frequent, you better give them a whole host of things, you know, to talk about with the client so that they're not, you know, A, they're not making it up as they go and B, even worse, they're not, you know, having a call that really serves no purpose. Right. Um, So I I think, you know, I don't know that this is a new trend, uh, but I would just say, you know, in my 
eight or so years of, of, of doing this, I, I realized that the more I um, systematize the program with, you know, flexibility for personalization and, and meaningful relation, all those things, uh, the better off we are. And the team yeah. appreciates it definitely they don't want to feel like they have to make it up or wing it as they go um but so that i guess that would be one of the things i think is is really big in this role well and i actually think that is is becoming bigger right now because there's a shortage of csms on the market and so people are having to get really creative in terms of where they're bringing their csms in from and can't necessarily count on them having been a CSM before or knowing how to do stuff like, what do you do when you call a customer every month? Like, what are you supposed to talk about? And so having those systems in place for your CSMs helps you be able to be more flexible in who you hire. You can hire domain experts, you can hire people in from sales, and they don't necessarily have to know, know themselves what to do because you have those systems that guide them. So I think well, that is important. I, it's, I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that because there's another side to that, right? Our clients are having customer success managers reach out to them from the other products that they have. Right. So now you're not only like competing for their time, but they're also going to be able to compare your call with them to one they may have had from another <laughs> vendor. Yeah. Right? And so now all of a sudden, if you don't come in with a purpose or deliver value, it maybe becomes more obvious to them because they've had somebody else from another company call and do something better. Right. And so you kind of have to know the bar is being raised. That yes. shortage is because customer success is in so many more places now Yep. that you have something else to live up to, not just your own client expectations, but how you kind of compare to the other conversations they're having. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Teo, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. I think your report is really exciting. I know our audience always appreciates hearing the details on what other CS leaders are building. So I appreciate you joining me today. Um, If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Find me on LinkedIn, I guess. Uh, that's okay. probably where everyone looks. Uh, okay. There's there's not a lot of Teos. Well, actually, there are probably a lot of Teos, uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm there. I'm I'm okay. and I'm happy to engage. Um, I love kind of brainstorming is one of my favorite things to do, especially in you know this line of work. And in my personal life, I can't say customer success is all that relevant with my friends. So it's really my work life where I yeah. get to brainstorm all this stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to connect with people. Find me there. Cool. Well, thanks again. I also want to thank our sponsors, Medallia and the Success League. To learn more about Medallia's customer success solution, you can visit strikeduck.com and follow strikeduck on LinkedIn or at strikeduck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.